And this is the Updatum Project. This is... <laughs> you threw me off there. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Arcanum Project. The update episode. So this isn't going to be a long episode, but we've got quite a few cases that have been big cases on our uh, on our show, and they all have big updates. So I just want to kind of run over everything with everyone about what's going on. You want to run over everyone? I want to run over everyone. Oh, okay. So we'll start first with the Zodiac, because I think, in my opinion, this is the least exciting update. Yeah, because it's a lot of hooey. It is. A group has come forward of 40 former law enforcement officers, uh, federal agents. The The group that has done this has a lot of credibility in their history. But they have come forward and said they have solved the Zodiac. Is their credibility the same credibility that said all these people were runaways? That would be a different case, but yeah. they have a lot of investigative credibility. Let's put it that way. Okay. So... They have come forward and said that they feel they have solved the Zodiac. No. They believe that they have figured out who killed Sherry Joe Bates. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Sherry Joe Bates was an unofficial Zodiac killing that happened about two years before the official Zodiac killing started. And a lot of people thought the cases were connected. They thought that Sherry Joe Bates was one of his first victims before he started writing letters. He did eventually in letters take credit for Sherry Joe Bates. Some people believe he just added him, added her to his totals because people were already whispering about it. That kind of thing. They, they believe that Gary Francis Post, a man who died in 2018, is the Zodiac. They believe they can pin the Sherry Joe Bates murder on him. And he was an avid photographer. And they believe based on things they found in his dark room that they can tie him to other Zodiac murders. I thought for sure you were going to say Gary Francis Powers. I was going to be like, what? No. <laughs> no. Gary Francis Post. Post. Yes. So I think this is a lot of hooey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying into it for a second. No. I think they, I think at best they've come up with an additional suspect, yeah. but I don't think they have what it takes from their investigation to say that he was the Zodiac. Definitely not. I don't even think they have from their investigation to say that he killed Sherry Joe Bates, who isn't even an official Zodiac victim. Yeah. So. See what my arm's doing? It's, it's. It's reaching. reaching. It's reaching. reaching. Yes. I, I still think Lawrence K is the best suspect. And honestly, the more I think about it, I really think Lawrence K and Arthur Lee Allen work together. And that's why it's been so difficult to solve. Yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely going to say, I agree with you there. Yeah. Because uh, the more that we, I say we, you do this uh, research on these killers and you talk about these uh, crimes and stuff, I'm starting to see a pattern with these people all being in like a same area and, certain people going and disappearing, you know, disappearing or found murdered in these areas. And there's multiple serial killers showing up in these areas. I think there's a lot more working together that we are just not quite aware of yet. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. So, and especially in this day and age of the internet where weirdos can find each other on the dark web. Yes. I think that's something that's only going to get worse for investigators as time goes by. Not better. Is it the dark web because you turn on the dark mode on your phone? No, grandma. 
<laughs> no, Grandma, it is not. So that's the update on on the Zodiac. I, like I said, I, I'm not too impressed by this. No. And I saw, I read an interview. Well, I wasn't impressed by the Zodiac killer either. So I, I read an interview with one of the uh, officers who's still assigned to the Zodiac case. And he was like, so these credible law enforcement officers believe they've solved the Zodiac. And he's like, but instead of bringing the evidence to me, and allowing me to do a proper investigation, they go public and announce they've solved it, thus effectively ruining any chance we might have to surprise people that still have any evidence left. Right. He's like, shouldn't law enforcement officers of this spectacular level of ability know better? Again, these are the same level of capability guys that said that all the other ones were runaways. I'm telling you. Yeah. So... That is the big update on the Zodiac. Like I said, I'm not buying it, but it is out there and they are definitely claiming that they have it solved. Definitely not buying it. (laughs) So now we'll move on to uh, a bigger update. And this is very exciting. Very? Yes. Very exciting. So James Brian Chadwell who was the man who we talked about in the Delphi murders, who had the little girl that he brought into his house, who is now the main suspect in the Delphi murders. Yes. Well, he had been fighting for a change of venue. Right. He fought that all summer. He was denied uh, Uh uh, for his change of venue. Okay. Somewhere between October 15th and October 21st. So a week later, he pled guilty to all charges. Pled guilty to all charges. Pled guilty to all charges. He is waiting his sentencing right now. He is facing 160 years in prison. I like that. I like that, too. I like that a lot. But that puts his fingerprints, his DNA, his blood type, everything into CODIS. Now, the guys guys in the Delphi murder cases have always been kind of not very forthcoming on whether or not they have the killer's DNA in the Delphi murder cases. So I'm not sure. Will this prove who Abby, who killed Abby and Libby? I'm not 100% sure. I, I do think that this will produce other victims of James Bryan Chadwell because whether or not he committed the Delphi murders, I really don't believe this was his first. Right. No, definitely wouldn't be a first. Yeah. So whether it's Abby and Libby or some other unfortunate child, I do think that we are going to wipe some cases off the books with his information going into CODIS. Now, uh, the prosecutor in this case, once James Chadwell pled guilty and he gave an interview, he said he would like to thank James Chadwell for pleading guilty and for doing basically the only decent thing he's ever done. Right. Because he said that he had the uh, body camera footage on from the officers the day they discovered that little girl in his basement. Yeah. He said, I would have had to show that in open court to this little girl's family. He said, there's not a single person he's shown that footage to that didn't immediately have to seek mental health treatment. Um. I would have immediately immediately seeked out. Man, I can't speak. 
I would have sought immediately out. sought out James yeah. and dismembered him. Yes. it's. He said it is unequivocally the most disturbing thing he's ever seen. Yeah. And, and he said playing that in open court would have just been a disaster. Yeah. So yeah. he is thankful for that. Uh, we are waiting for the final sentencing. But James Bryan Chadwell will never be a free man again in his life. There good. will be no possibility of parole for him. Good, good, and good. Yes. So that is a major update, and I'm super excited to get his information into CODIS because I really do think we're going to clear other cases. Oh, absolutely. I'm really hoping it uh, brings about a closure to the Delphi murders. I, I do, too. You know what? But, I mean, if it doesn't, I don't know. I just I have this really strong suspicion that it will, but that's just me. I do, I do, too. But... That's that. That's the update in that case. Yep. So now we're going to move on to the Dean Coral case. Hey, my favorite. Yeah. So uh, we had talked about this before, but the Texas EquiSearch has decided when we when we did the episode about Dean Coral, we talked about how witnesses had seen men matching Coral's description yeah. with Henley and yeah. David Brooks. Digging in areas that nobody ever bothered to go back and dig up. Right. So using that witness testimony and using just um process of elimination. Yeah. They have, uh, EquiSearch has identified multiple spots that they're going to use ground penetrating radar on. Okay. And look for blips. Now, they believe that just like Dean Coral did with his... Uh, the other two burial sites that they found, the one being under his shed and the other one being out on, uh, I forget the island's name, but near Galveston. Yeah. They believe that Dean Coral probably did that process multiple times. Right. So they think they're not going to just find singular graves. They think where they find a spot, they'll find multiple graves. Right. Yeah. More than likely. Yeah. So they're going to dig up anytime they find multiple blips on the ground penetrating radar they're going to dig up that area yeah they have identified 20 cases of missing boys that they believe were definitively dean coral's kills okay okay they're going to keep digging until they find those 20 boys okay if in the meantime they find boys who are outliers of those 20 then we know there were more than 20 to go right um, but if they don't, if they only find those 20, then, you know, they did a pretty good job at narrowing it down to who was missing. Yep. But they have 20 names and okay. they're not going to stop digging up until they run out of places to dig or until they get all 20 boys. Nice. So that is that is I the like game it. plan. It is to start soon. They are getting all the permits together and all yep. the permissions that are needed. Uh, I know they're doing several places on uh, in in and around Galveston and the islands out there. There is we had talked about this. They're trying to get permission from the post office to dig up the parking lot. Yep. I don't know that that's going to happen. Probably not. We'll see what the ground. Maybe if they can if they can make a case that there's enough blips on that in that parking lot. I think public. The public will demand it. Well, I mean, if they, yeah, if they can make a strong enough case that 
they've, they've got enough evidence to believe there is a body buried under there, then yeah. Yeah. And I think the smart move for them, and, and these are smart people, so I'm assuming they won't start with the post office. No. They're going to start elsewhere and say, look, we took this radar look, yeah. over this place and yep. we came up with five bodies. So Do look, you really want these five bodies left under here? Yeah. So look what we did. Look yeah. what we found. This We're getting the same readings here. Let us dig this up because there are bodies. Yeah. Here. So we'll see what comes of it but they are they are absolutely convinced they're going to find at least a few more bodies oh i believe it i I absolutely have no doubt so i have no doubt i'm I'm very excited for for this event to happen i mean just these kids deserve to go home right their families deserve most of these kids their parents are probably gone by now yeah but they have siblings still around yeah absolutely you know i mean a lot of these kids went missing in the early 70s they were teenagers at the time my cousins were teenagers at that exact time yeah, they're so, so they're like here. in their 60s now yeah, 50s so, and 60s yeah, yeah. Late 50s early 60s mid 60s yeah so yeah people still out there want to know they, what happened to their brother they would know yeah yeah so i really hope this works out for families of missing kids oh absolutely me too that'd be freaking awesome so uh one other update there wasn't a lot on the murdoch case so I didn't find much new on the Murdoch case, the crazy lawyer from South Carolina. Well, you said there were big developments on that, Paul. I, I I had misread. So uh-huh. when I uh-huh. went back, I was like, oh, no, we already talked about that. So. Uh-huh. Um, right. So the only case left that I wanted to update tonight was Cleo. Uh, for those of you, if I'm just going to go over the case because I can't remember whether or not we discussed it on air or if I just discussed it with you, but... Cleo was a little girl who went missing in the Australian, uh, at the, I think at the beach. And her parents had a, uh, one of these cabin tents, these tents with multiple rooms. For those of you who've never seen them, they're three room tents and they're kind of in L shape and it's kind of in an L shape. And parents were in one room. The older siblings were in a second room. The third room had little Cleo, who was three. And her infant sister, I believe it was her sister. All of these cam rooms have zippers. So you can get into these tents through any room. Mm -hmm. Cleo's parents woke up on second day of vacation and Cleo is gone and the tent is open. The parents call the police. The police think, well, she opened the tent herself and she just wandered off. The parents kept saying, no, the zipper's the whole way to the top. She couldn't reach it. There's no way this child opened this tent. The police wouldn't hear it. And it was starting to kind of turn into the the dingo ate your baby case. I don't know if you remember that case. Yeah. But where a family went camping in, in the Australian outback and their infant baby went missing. And the mother insisted that a dingo stole the baby. A dingo ate your baby. <laughs> Maybe a dingo ate your baby. But anyway, uh, so it was starting to kind of become that. And then the police finally agreed that, that this child had been kidnapped. Right. Somehow, and they're not saying a lot about how, they tracked down this guy who collected brat stalls. And he was like an international brat stall collector. And his house was filled with brat stalls. Right. And he treated his brat stalls like they were his friends. He took pictures of them, taking them out on bike rides and car rides. And 
weird ass shit. Um, yeah. So they get the idea that Cleo, somehow they believe that Cleo is in this man's capture. They go in one night while he's out of the apartment where he lived. And Cleo is in there alone playing with toys. She is there. Okay. I listened to the recording of the officers getting her. It is. I mean, I was just bawling. Right. Because they walk in and, you know, now think about it. You got like 10 guys going in in tactical gear because they don't know what they're facing. Right. You know, so they go in in this tactical gear. They all go running in this room and there's this little girl just sitting there playing with toys. And the leader of the group says, hi, sweetheart, what's your name? And she says, she just kind of looks around and she kind of stumbles and she goes, my my name is Cleo. And he, he gets on his radio and he says, we found her. He confirms that it's her. Right. And then he goes and he, he says, well, come here, honey. And he picks her up and he says, your mommy is missing you and we're going to take you to see your mommy. And she says, I'd really like to do that in like the sweetest most innocent voice possible. Yeah. And he just says, well, then let's go. And I'm like sitting there listening to this recording, just bawling. I do believe they were, they were prepping Cleo for trafficking. I don't think I'm not saying this guy didn't do anything to harm her. We don't know. We don't need to know that's between Cleo and her therapist and her family. Right. But, um, I do believe they were prepping her for trafficking because she has since told them that there was a woman that was coming in and taking care of her. Okay. So this guy did not act alone. Okay. And he was not holding her alone. Right. They have essentially disassembled this guy's entire house, ripped out every wall. I mean, looked under every floorboard. They're doing anything they can to find evidence of who this supposed woman was. Right. And what his intentions with Cleo were. Yep. And they said they are not leaving that house. They will sit in that fucking house if they have to put a substation in there. They are staying in that house until they know what is going on. Right. Because they, this really does look like it was an, an, an the intention was trafficking. Okay. So thank God Cleo got rescued before that happened to her. Yep. And uh, go off and enjoy your life. But the press showed pictures of her out in the front yard with her family. And she is just... Children are so resilient. She's just running around, laughing, playing with her siblings, just like nothing ever happened. Just happy to be home. Yep. Happy to see mommy. Yep. So we're so glad that Cleo is home. Yep. And we finally get a story with a happy ending. Finally. So that's that's all our updates. Um, We'll keep you updated, of course, on James Bryan Chadwell and and, uh, the the Dean Coral case, because those are really important cases to us here and i know well there are two of our most popular episodes so i know the arcanauts really want to us to yeah keep everybody updated. wants to know what the hell's going on yeah so. now remember david brooks died of covid in prison but elmer wayne henley is still alive right but between his age and they they can't get any he's they said he's no longer useful for good information they he's said just deteriorated. He's deteriorated. They he doesn't remember the layout of anything anymore because he's been off the streets for so long. Yeah. He 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 has tried to help, supposedly. Right. Yeah. But they said he just and in some of those cases they think maybe he doesn't even know where he was taken. Right. You know. Yeah. 
you know, Coral was probably like, take left here, take it right there. How are you ever going to get back to that spot? Right, exactly. A beach is a beach. They all It all looks the same. Yeah. So uh, they said he has tried to be cooperative, but he's just of no value. Well, I mean, think about how much development has occurred between now and right. then. Right. And he's going to go out there and be like, I literally have no idea where the hell I am yeah, right now. Yeah, he wouldn't recognize anything. So. Yeah, so I get it, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's really of no value. Yeah. I mean, um, you're right, between the development of the land and, and the length of time since he's seen the city of Houston and seen the land at Galveston, it, he's just of no use. Yeah, he doesn't know it. Yeah. Um, but props to him because he, he did try. If, if there's anything in life, he really, from what they say, he really did try. Yeah. So maybe he is trying to make up for what he did. I don't know. But, right. But maybe I'm not going to give him too much credit. He's a fucking child murderer. Right. So, um, and one final thing on the Dean Coral case, I come across this all the time. I get really tired of seeing journalists refer to pedophiles who murder children of the same sex as homosexual pedophiles. Right. They don't refer to the killer of Libby and Abby as a heterosexual pedophile. Right. That's it. It it disgusts me. Pedophiles are fucking pedophiles. Right. Some of them go for the same sex. Some of them go for the opposite sex. And some of them don't give a fuck about the gender of the child. They just want a child. Yeah. Pedophiles are not homosexual. They're not heterosexual. They have a pathology that turns them into pedophiles. And I do not like to see the gay community demonized. It just pisses me off. It harkens back to a time before we were quote unquote woke. I don't like saying woke, but woke. That's a stupid phrase. It's a stupid phrase, but but I mean, come on, people! It is twenty twenty one. Let's let's call it what it is: fucking pedophiles. They're sick bastards, right? And whatever gender the child is that they harm is insignificant, insignificant, because they're not a legitimate homosexual. They're not a legitimate heterosexual, right? So, and on that note. You're out. Bonus episode is done. And we've got a road trip coming up from Gary this weekend. Yeah, we do. Super psyched. And another uh, investigation for uh, Ghost Ops Paranormal at um, Visaggio's. And that's going to be interesting. We'll see how that goes this weekend. Local Italian restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Their their food is amazing. You're going to get fed well. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if you're going to find any ghosts, but I know you're going to find some garlic that will just make you cry from happiness. <laughs> well, one little nugget I'll throw out there for the people, just in case you know how you want to watch your whistle here. The uh, uh, people who own the place, uh, they were in the attic one day and the wife uh, made an inadvertent, inadvertent footstep and stepped in between the rafters and started to fall through the ceiling. Well, before the husband could find anything to try and help her and pull her back up. He turned around and she's standing back on in between the, the, the joists. She's somehow some way back up in the attic and she does not know how it happened. All she knows is that someone lifted her back up and set her back up. So she was safe. Wow. 
That's interesting. And they were the only two in the attic, and it wasn't him. Did you ever see the interview with Daryl Dale Earnhardt where he talks about that? Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Daryl Earnhardt? No, I've no, never I, seen Dale Dale Earnhardt. Well, yeah, where he talks about someone helped him out of the burning race car. When, he, when his car caught on fire and he At said... 24 Hours of Le Mans, yeah. Yeah, and he went out and he said the first thing he did was go running up to his pit crew and say, who helped me? I want to thank him. And they were like, you carried yourself out. And if you watch the video of that, it really does look like someone's lifting him out of the car. Yeah, pulling him out of the race car. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You never know. Some people have a guardian angel that actually guards. Well, I mean, his father died on a racetrack. Well, so. yeah. And For those people who don't know NASCAR. There, there has been speculation that it was his dad was saving his dad. him. The and, intimidator came back to get his son. Wouldn't that be weird if Dale Sr. had died only to save Dale Jr. from that crash? Wow, deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Hell yeah. Wow. I'm just going to go listen to the uh, the ride, but the Dale Earnhardt <laughs> version of the ride. For those of you who don't listen to country music, there's a song called The Ride. Yeah. And it was initially written about Hank Williams Sr. And there's a Dale Earnhardt version. Where, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, where you pick up this ghost white stranger and he starts talking about in the in the the Hank version, he starts talking about can you moan the blues? Can you pick them guitar strings? Do you really want to be a musician? Yeah. And in the uh, Dale Dale Earnhardt one, he talks about can I forget? He talks about making the corners or something. I don't know. I forget how that song yeah. goes. It's a great song. I love it. It is. Song. I haven't heard it in years, but I need to go listen to it now as well. <laughs> so we'll be blasting the country music by David Allen Coe. Heck yeah. <laughs> Ooh, David Allen Coe, that's a character. Don't get me started. Uh, and his son, <laughs> for those of you who like good pro- podcasts, yeah. his son, Tyler Coe, has a podcast called Rhinestones and Cocaine, which is all about the criminal underbelly and the true crime events that have happened surrounding country music. It is just about country music and nothing else. I mean, he talks about the Tammy Wynette thing. He talks about... Uh, this crazy Texas swing guy who like abused his kids and I mean, in horrific ways, but he was all the while he was like the most popular Texas performer out there. And I mean, he does some episodes that are crazy good. Right. Yeah. So if anybody's now, if you have never, you don't have to be into country music to think that's a good podcast. So right. it's called rhinestones and cocaine. So if any of you have not listened to that, give that one a shot. Cause it's really good. Give it a listen. Give it a listen. All right. Well, we will see you again in another two days. Well, we won't actually see you, but we will be back with an episode. Oh, no. I visualize all the arcane nuts in my mind and they dance around with happy thoughts as they listen to our episodes in my brain. They say Vitus's dance their way across my brain. I don't know, man. I'm tired. Leave me alone. And for those of you who obviously can't see us right now, I'm just blankly staring at my wife blinking. So have a good night, folks. Yes, have a good night. <laughs>